0: Alive and kicking with Claire McKenna, Sunday morning at 8 on News Talk.
1: Yes, you can email the show at newstalk.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram, And Claire McKenna Presents. Coming up this morning on this very special New Year's Eve episode of the show, we'll be joined by Emer Daly to talk through the biggest health and wellness stories of 2023, Sarah Shannon on why you shouldn't necessarily make New Year's resolutions in January and Lily Higgins on how to bring a joy of food into 2024. So what kind of a health and wellness year did I have? Well, I have to say, looking back, I think it's been a really good year. I've really began over the last couple of years to try and slow down and really soak up my life as it is now. The decade from 30 to 40 went so, so fast. And when I look back at photos in my phone of family life, it has literally flown. I also spent such a long time of my life from the age of 24 setting myself up to work in radio and television. I left my job in the corporate world. I got a job in a restaurant and I started knocking on doors. And it's not that I'm not ambitious anymore, but I just want the pace to change from setting up my life to just being in my life. So that's been a lot of the focus for me over the last year. And with that, I've started to say no a lot more, valuing my time, valuing myself more. It's taken a bit of work, but there is a new energy in how I view things. It's been a year with unexpected losses of life. And I know we've all been feeling helpless as another war has begun in modern times, much to our disbelief. And obviously, I don't think it's a good thing that it's happening at all, but while I've spoken on the show about managing our mental health through it all, I also feel it's a positive that we are so much more aware of it. This has been happening across the globe, but it's only recently that it has been shown up in its harsh and heartbreaking realities into our social media stories. And I hope that we use our heartbreak to push for a better world. I still truly believe that there is more good than bad in this world, that there is always hope. And I realise how very lucky I am in life's lottery. And definitely 2023, I'm giving it a thumbs up. You can email the show com. Now, Eimear Daly has joined us all year with her health and wellness stories, and she's back to give us a roundup of the best of
0: 2023. Eimear, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me to wrap up 2023. Wishing everyone a really lovely, healthy and happy 2024. I'm delighted to be going through some of our biggest stories that we've covered on Alive and Kicking for
1: 2023. So what are some of the big ones, some of the big sort of health and well-being announcements that happened over the year?
0: Yeah, so we saw really great, positive things coming down the line. And we'll start off with some general health. Um, walking for three minutes every half an hour could have a huge impact on our blood sugar levels. So anybody out there with type one, type two diabetes, this might be a great thing for you to just get up, walk around for as little as three minutes every day. And one me and you love Claire is when you're standing, making a cup of tea, get that extra bit of movement in, maybe a couple squats or something like that, to really just get the blood flow. Flowing in the body. Um, So that's a really nice one that we saw coming down the line. And then we saw things like a healthy lifestyle has a huge impact on depression, and which is really, really nice to see because a lot of people might think depression is just something we're seeing in genetics. But actually taking care of yourself and having a healthy lifestyle. Will also bring down depression as well. We saw maybe getting seven to eight hours of sleep can reduce it by 22%, and general social connection can reduce depression by 18%. So they're really simple things that we can put into our daily life. And I just thought they were like some really nice things to take with us into 2024 as well.
1: Yeah, especially because, as I've said throughout the show, you know, tomorrow is going to be the 1st of January, and people are going to be like, right, that's it. And we always We start really big and and that's great to have big goals and big aspirations and big dreams. But starting small can have a massive impact too. So if you're working from home, stand up and walk around on a phone call. I mean, all of these things add up, especially when the baseline is doing absolutely nothing and picking up the phone and going to meet a friend can really lift and boost your mood. And and these are small, simple things. They're Mm -hmm. not necessarily getting ready for an Ironman on (laughs) January 30th. But if you're doing that, you know, kudos to you too. And I think people who you know, suffer with anxiety or depression, it can be really difficult for them to get seven to eight hours sleep Mm -hmm. um, and to socially connect at times. But we're kind of talking on a preventative level, aren't we really? that So that we don't end up getting type 2 diabetes or we don't spiral, that these are all the things to have in our toolbox.
0: Exactly, yeah. So there are things... I think we've talked a lot on the show as about little things we can do to prevent. Absolutely. And to just make things fit into your life as much as possible. Everybody's different, but what works for you might not work for somebody else. So if you feel that some of the things from these health and wellness stories resonate with you, well, then why not try them out in 2024?
1: Yeah, good one. Right. Your second on the list is, I remember you telling us this, the Bieber Skin Glow Smoothie.
0: Yes, Hailey Bieber's Skin Glow Smoothie went absolutely crazy in 2023. I think everyone's really looking to nourish from within from the last year, you know, get really good food into our body that is going to help us glow on the outside. So Hailey Bieber's $20 smoothie um, went viral on TikTok. So we took a look at it ourselves here on the show and we saw things like hydrolonic acid capsules going in there collagen, um, but also things that you have in your cupboard as well. You might have an avocado, dates, um, and then strawberries, raspberries, natural yogurt. This is something that you can make at home probably for the week um, instead of paying $20 for just one of these. Um, It was a fun trend that we tried out and it was absolutely delicious. And you do start to see that glow from from, um, the skin as well. So definitely taking the benefits from it there.
1: Well, something I got from the fabulous pharmacist um, about her skin supplement range. When you do something for your skin from within, Mm -hmm. you need to wait the six to eight weeks because that's when your skin renews. So quite often with any health trend, we try it for two, three days and we're like, I don't feel any different. That's it. I'm not doing it anymore. But sometimes we need to do it for little while. I don't know if we need to spend that much and I don't know if Hayley Bieber is being truly honest about everything that makes her skin glow. I'm sure there's
0: more going on there? Absolutely. I think that's something to really take away from here, that what we see on social media is not always what it is made out to be. But like you said there, give yourself some time with any new skin trends that you're going to take on. Take some progression pictures on your phone and just look back over the weeks and say, oh my God, this is what my skin looked like then and now I can see the actual progress. I think sometimes we forget to look back on the progress and then we're just like, oh, this isn't working. Yeah, definitely. And whenever we look in the mirror, we're still,
1: sadly seeing the bad things or the things we don't like that we're kind of missing things. Yeah, And look, one of the best things you can do is carry a bottle of water around with you and that costs a lot less than a Hayley Bieber smoothie. Femtech was huge in 2023. Tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah, so I brought this story um, to the show a couple of weeks ago and we got great feedback from it. We're seeing a huge progression in Femtech when it comes to menopause and we've seen entrepreneur Heidi Davis create the product called Identifying Her and that is a wearable device to track perimenopausal symptoms so that women can bring the data from the device directly to their doctor, show them what symptoms they're having and the doctor can treat them for what's happening. And it takes out that guessing game of heading to the doctors and saying, I don't know what's wrong with me, I'm feeling this way. You might be having brain frog or you might be having hot flashes and you're not getting treated for what might actually be happening. So it's so great to see that there's a huge boost in femtech coming down the line. Um, And Heidi Davis, I had a chat with her. She's so passionate about this product and that's going to launch very early next year.
1: And that's amazing. I was listening to a podcast um, on the way here and it was Mel Robbins talking about her menopause experience or a perimenopause experience and she's really frustrated that there wasn't research into women's health until the 80s Mm. and that is really frustrating um But with technology now, maybe that will accelerate. I know it's, you know, it's late, but maybe it will go at a bigger pace now that we're actually looking into it. And now that women are taking the reins like Heidi. So that's really good news. And as you said, you're going to go to your doctor with these symptoms. And what I always say is, if you don't feel you get the right answer, if you feel like you've just sent away and that it's nothing and yet you still feel something's wrong, ask somebody else. In men's health, what were some of the big breakthroughs this year?
0: Yes, yeah, so we've seen a massive um, breakthrough in prostate cancer. Multi-beam radiotherapy, a new study found that five doses of multi-rain radiotherapy, sorry, big word to get out there, um, has had a real big impact on showing that to having five doses of this can reduce cancer significantly, but also They've shown that men have actually been cancer free after five years, which is massive strides when it comes to not having to go in and out of the hospital as much. It's um, saving a lot of money as well for the healthcare system. And also we're seeing 3,500 men having prostate cancer each year in Ireland. So if we can uh, like track this early on with this um, new te- new radiotherapy, we'll be able to save lives along the way. So definitely something to take into consideration.
1: I was surprised that Ireland has quite a high rate of prostate cancer when it comes to European standards.
0: Yeah, really, really high as well. And I was surprised myself. And I don't know what that is, if it's, you know, maybe men not wanting to go and look into their health as much as women. But I think for anybody going into 2024, something we are seeing um, coming up in the trends in 2024 is people want to kind of be more proactive when it comes to their health care. So just going to the doctor, having a chat as early on when you feel symptoms of something happening. And like you said, Claire, if you don't feel like you and your doctor are on the same page, definitely shop around, go find a new one because it's so important to have that in your life. I think it's tech, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how much of a fan I am of
1: wearable tech every day telling mm. you about your steps or how much sleep you had or, you know, I, I don't know how I personally feel about that, but I think it's made us all a little bit more aware of our physicality and what's going on for us. And there's so many different blood tests and this test that you can send away. There's so many different companies out there offering Mm -hmm. all these different things that it seems to be a real trend to know your numbers.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I'm going to chat a little bit about what's coming up in 2024. But tech and AI are really, they're coming down the lines and it's massive in that healthcare system as well. So sometimes, yes, ignorance is bliss. But honestly, let's just lean into this new technology that's coming down the line and it can help us better our own health. So tell us what else is going to be big in 2024. Yeah, so we're seeing... um, AI is going to be coming down the line, especially in the fitness side of things. So we're going to be seeing a lot more personalised um, fitness trackers and things like that, but also virtual trainers popping up um, out of nowhere. So we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing that one. And just on the topic of smart devices, smart devices are going to be coming up a lot more. We're seeing trends of data coming from our headphones, our socks and even tampons coming down the line. Oh my God, that's yeah. a lot to process. <laughs> Do you think you'd work out with a hologram of a
1: personal trainer or the fact that you could just switch them off at any time, would that kill the motivation?
0: I mean, it depends who the hologram is. If George Clooney's going to be training me, <laughs> yes, I may be in for that or a Joe Wicks or something <laughs> like that. It depends on who it is. But I don't know, there's nothing like going into a gym class and being with your friends and just having a good laugh. But as I said, sometimes technology can be a lot, but it is here to stay, so... Let's just take it for what it is.
1: And you want to end with a note of caution for New Year's resolutions.
0: Yeah, so Forbes Health and Wellbeing Survey um, released some New Year's resolutions that are coming down the line with 62% of people feeling pressure to do a New Year's resolution and the majority of them being women. So girls, let's get it together. We shouldn't feel pressure to start anything but if you do, some of the top trends from Forbes where improving your fitness, which I thought was a really nice one because it's a nice way to just start movement in your body. So that's a really good one. Improving our finances and improving our mental health, which was really, really nice as well to see that people are wanting to look after themselves and others and looking at our finances as well. Because it's usually something we shy away from, but tackling it head on in 2024 can really great. That's definitely on my list. I'm going to get a
1: few little saving vaults going um, just to take that stress off. So that's definitely on my list. And I just think we should be looking at what we're adding in rather than what we're cutting out. It just comes from a much more wholesome, warm, positive it face. It really
0: does. I actually felt that as you said it. A very, very <laughs> warm feeling. <laughs> Emer, thank you so much.
1: Coming up after the break, Sarah Shannon on the Celtic Wheel. How historically we're not supposed to make New Year's resolutions in January.
0: Alive and Kicking with Claire McKenna, Sunday morning at 8 on News Talk.
1: You're welcome back to Alive and Kicking. Now, my next guest, Sarah Shannon, came on the show a little while back to tell her story of going from corporate lawyer to working in the world of yoga and well being and being A basic retreat goddess over in Portugal and she's back and I wanted to invite her back, particularly on this New Year's Eve show, to talk about the Celtic wheel and the Celtic calendar because it made a big difference to my beginning of 2023 and it was definitely something that I brought through. So I wanted her to come on and talk to you listening so you can use it perhaps in 2024. And Sarah joins me on the line now. Sarah, you're very welcome. Thank you, Claire. I'm delighted to be back on. And before we get into the start of the year and a new perspective on New Year's resolutions, will you tell us what the Celtic Wheel or the Celtic Calendar is and when you discovered it first?
2: Yeah, so the the Celtic Wheel is... It's a wheel of eight festivals and it's from pre-Christian, Celts, pre-Celts. And I discovered it at first through my teacher, Mary Kennedy. And I think it was about five years ago. And it has completely transformed my life. When I first heard about it, so I'll briefly describe, but I remember thinking it was all, it was, it was a bit confusing when I first heard it, but something within me chimed and felt this There's something in this and it was like an inner inner knowing of of this is the way to live so the 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 quill charts eight festivals and it begins in Samhain which we went through in October and that's the very beginning festival and what the Celts are teaching us there is that everything begins in the darkness and then it goes on to the other festivals the winter solstice which we had on the 21st of December the longest night of the year and some of these festivals we'll all be familiar with we go on into the beginning of springtime at Imbolc and then the spring equinox is that half light half day equal light and dark and it's beginning we're stepping into the brighter half of the year and we move then from Bia- into Bialtana at the beginning of May, and we know, you know, we know the energy of Bialtina. It's a blossoming, it's a blooming, it's you know, nature is, is doing its thing. It's shining, it's beautiful, and that continues to the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. So the opposite to the winter solstice, and that's you know the really outward time of, of the year. It's the sun is the highest in the sky, and continues on until Lunasa which is at the beginning of, of August. And in the Celtic tradition, that was a time of you know, beginning the harvest season, a great time of celebration, coming back then into the autumn equinox, half light, half dark, just like the spring equinox. But this time we're kind of stepping into the darker half of the year. So it's that doorway into Samhain where it all begins again. So these eight festivals, we know them in our bones because it's, it's nature, you know, it's charting nature. But what it's really doing is helping us to connect with the energy and the invitation of each time of year and, and to see, you know, that we are nature and that if we reflect these cycles in our lives, life is so much deeper and richer,
1: and would the count have been using this because obviously they don't have smartphones like we do now giving us calendar reminders. And we have sort of put these things in place. You know, the new year starts in January. You go on your holidays in the summer. Like there are certain things that we have put in place to know how we're supposed to behave. But this was before calendars before all of that. So they literally went with nature and how much brightness was there.
2: Yeah, exactly. So they're, you know, a good example of not the smartphone um, telling them when winter solstice had arrived is is the is Newgrange, you know, that we're all familiar with in Ireland. You know, at the moment of the winter solstice at, at dawn, the light penetrates the inner chambers at Newgrange. So that was the moment of, that is the moment of the winter solstice. So that, that was telling the Celts or even the pre-Celts that this was, the sun had returned. You know, the wheel had, had moved, moved out of darkness. And it was a time of celebration, you know, that the light is returning. And that's that lovely phase that we're in now, the beginning, the, the light starting to grow.
1: And look, you know, modern technologies are great and the modern ways of life have in many ways made things easier. Uh, You know, I'm not sure I would have made this interview if I hadn't been reminded of it in my calendar for the exact time and date. So these are all really positive things. But there's also a lot of positive of going back to the old traditions. And I think we all, as you say, there is an inner knowing because we do behave differently in the seasons. In the summer, we have a lot more energy. We're a lot more motivated to get out and about because of that brightness, because of those warmer temperatures. And in winter, then, you know, often we retreat that little bit more because of the colder temperatures and the darker mornings and evenings. So it's it's happening with us anyway. This Celtic wheel just gives us a deeper level on that.
2: Yeah, it gives us exactly like a... a an understanding of of why we're feeling different ways throughout the year. But it also shows us this this natural cycle that happens. And part of this natural cycle that our culture, cancels out or, or just ignores, is this time of going into the darkness, dropping, shedding, letting go, and really deeply listening you know, without any outward action, taking this time just to really go inward. And you know, we can see like, yes, our our phones help us a lot, but what they give make us or make our lives is this this relentlessness. You know, the this time of year is a time to go inward. But we we, we also have all the all the celebrations that we just had and the festivities of Christmas. You know, that's part of it too. But it's this relentless lead up to to christmas and now you know the moment that ends the the, the sales begin you know we're n- we're never given a moment to just really stop to enter into you know in the celtic tradition it's entering into the void into the darkness where you don't re- you don't know what's next but you trust trust that the answers will come and you know for me at this time of year i like i really feel like throwing away new year's resolutions is is a great thing to do and instead have new year's questions you know questions like what do i want to, what do i want my life to look and feel like what do i what's the highest vision for myself you know how can i be of service at this time in the world and you know these are big big questions so we need to find time to to listen and and that's that this festival and the festivals last for six weeks so it's ran from you know 21st of December all the way to Imbolc on the 1st so even we you know we don't have to stop our lives completely or like completely you know throw the phone out for six weeks it just the working with the Celtic wheel means it's it's, it's on your radar, it's on your mind. Any, you know, you take time, you're, you spend time just reflecting on visioning and dreaming and try to stay with that rather than, I must get out there and do the next thing, I must join this, I must buy this. So that's, that's the real, I suppose, gift of the Celtic wheel. It, it teaches us at each festival, part of nature's cycle that we may be ignoring in our lives.
1: Yeah, there is a pressure to sort of have it all figured out that, you know, first week in January, you're supposed to write a list. I'm going to do X in my career. I'm going to do X in my relationships. I'm going to do X in my personal life, X with my body and like, you know, have it all sussed. Whereas, you know, a lesson I certainly got from you when I'd urge people to go back and listen to your first interview or even your podcast interview with Georgie on The Good Glow. Like, When you were changing from your life as a lawyer to the life you have now, at times it was just words that were coming to you like adventure or travel or camper van. I mean, it was just anything. And they just built on that. You didn't really know when the camper van was going to arrive or what part it was going to have in your life. But just giving ourselves that space to just reflect and dream and watch it unfold and at what point then in the year is it supposed to go from dreaming into a little bit of action because I suppose we don't want to dream all year either
2: yes and we can get seduced by the darkness and dreaming when we do get you know when we when we keep practicing that it can get very ooh comfy so there is time to take action because the dreams won't happen until we take action. But what the Celtic wheel has really taught me is to stay with the process. So the beginning of the year, the sow and the shedding, the letting go, winter solstice, step into visioning and dreaming. In bulk at the beginning of February is the time to start planting seeds, just like we do in nature, you know, it's that time to start choosing, okay, out of all of these dreams and visions I've had, you know, I've kind of danced with them all. And actually, I encourage <laughs> to put on a playlist. And literally, that's what I did. Dance with all your visions. And then choose three. You know, my teachers, Dolores Whelan and Mary Kennedy, have taught me that you choose three fiery arrows at, at Imbalk, And they're those three dreams you know, that are really alive within you, that are, you know, burn, they're, they're what I, you know, your soul calling. They're ones that have really stuck. And they're the ones that you're choosing to, to, to bring your energy towards. Because if we have loads of scattered ones and they're kind of, you know, um, my teaching at Dolores Whelan called it like loads of half baked ideas. And I think that's so good. Because there is so many half-baked ideas out there because it's like, "Oh, this is a good idea, I'll just go do it." instead of just staying with it, really dreaming into it and having it as one of your, your, your three fiery arrows, that's you know going to be so much bigger, richer, deeper everything. So that's the time to take action. Um, but I do want to say, because you know I, I teach this online in women's circles, and they're called wild circles. And often, you know, women say, okay, so I have to wait until February to take action. And just to say that, you know, we, we walk the wheel, which means we go through each festival's according to the time of year. But once we learn, you know, all the process, the shedding, letting go, planting, taking action, blooming, the, you start to see these cycles can show up in you know in smaller ways. You know, it can it can over a course of a couple of months or you know you don't actually have to wait until that time but what we've learned is you know to 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 stay with the process to you know have I have I shed and let go of what no what's not serving have I dreamed and envisioned and now am I feeling inspired to act and it's when you kind of just you know you know when to act it's it's because it's come from such a deep place
1: Yeah, so I mean, these aren't hard and fast rules. Everybody's going to be different. But I just really like that message of don't go too hard on yourself. Why don't you just take a bit of time, relax, have a bit of dreaming over January and then maybe set off your arrows and see what happens in February. Where can people find out more if they want to take part in one of your workshops?
2: Yeah. So the workshops online will be starting again in February at that time of planting planting seeds. I open up containers that last for a few months, that it's a, it's a monthly, monthly circle to delve into the energy of each festival. So it's a great way to learn about the Celtic festival. Simple rituals like I, I teach it for you know the modern woman you know how to how to bring it back into our lives but in this modern day world and that, so you can find out about that you know that's on my website sarashanayoga.com and I'm also I share a lot about it on Instagram at sarashananyoga and also at my my retreats so I am doing a retreat at the beginning of February and the beginning of of March and each retreat will will weave in that energy of, of the Celtic wheel. So it's a great way. A lot of women come on the retreat, learn about it all, and then they'll, they'll join wild circles to keep it going throughout their,
1: their year. I'll definitely join on one of those retreats one of these days, but Sarah, it's amazing to watch you practice what you preach and watch your life unfold as beautifully as it is. And I wish you a stunning 2024. And thank you so much for coming on.
2: Ah, oh, thank you, Claire. I'm wishing you yeah every every blessing for 2024.
1: Coming up after the break, if you're still determined to make a resolution, I'd love it to be bringing joy to your food instead of cutting out food groups. Food writer Lily Higgins will be telling us how.
0: Alive and kicking with Claire Mckenna Sunday morning at eight on News Talk.
1: You're welcome back to Alive and Kicking. Now, Lily Higgins shares her love of food in her weekly column in the Irish Times magazine and on her Instagram at Lily underscore Higgins underscore. And I've invited her on to share food joy so you can carry it into 2024. Lily, how are you? Great, thanks. How are you, Claire? I'm very good. Full of the cheer, the festive cheer for New Year's Eve. What are your New Year's Eve plans?
3: Well, this is my favorite time. It's like the week between Christmas and New Year's, you know, where everyone is still kind of off and hanging around the place and there's loads of lovely food everywhere. So you're still in the festive season. So my favorite thing to do for New Year's is actually stay at home. I'm after getting very boring, (laughs) but it is stay at home because it's always so hard to get taxis and, you know, it's been such a busy time of year that it's actually lovely to just light some candles, get some lovely food in and put on some lovely music or watch a movie and then sort of almost forget about the countdown to midnight. Like we always watch Jules Holland, actually. I love watching his show. Um, And it's just a lovely, relaxing evening where we let the kids stay up really late. They love us. And
1: then hopefully you get a lie in the next day.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all leading up to the lion, really,
1: isn't it? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about these days. And what's Christmas like oh, for totally. you? Because food is your thing. Do people lean on you and your family to provide all the culinary delights, or do you get to ease off a little?
3: Yeah, they actually don't rely on me, thank goodness. So there's six girls in the family, and everyone loves doing their own thing. You know, like. My sister Maeve is really good at doing the turkey and my sister Etty is great at doing the potatoes. So what we do is a list and we just delegate. And that is my favorite thing to do is do a big list. And then usually I sort of sneak myself in at the end there and I'll say, I'll just do the trifle. So, and that's it. And I'll iron the napkins and that'll be it, you know. So um, I think delegation is the key to a stress-free holiday season. Definitely. It really is, you know. Okay. So So, uh, this was the first year that we actually cooked dinner at home. And it's very relaxed, you know, very relaxed. We still have shared out the jobs, even though we're not all together.
1: And what about then New Year's Day? How do you face into the new year?
3: Yeah, I like to face into the new year. Really relaxed style is my favourite thing to do. I mean, we would usually do like sort of like a fry up. Usually all the leftovers are completely gone by New Year's. So we would do kind of a fry up in the morning, like fried eggs. I would make... I love making granola actually with like pecan nuts and cranberries and stuff this time of year. So usually I make a lot of that as gifts and sort of away one jar. So I'd love to have that like with yogurt and then just loads of different options for people. Um, and that's how we start off in the morning, but that could be about 12 o'clock, you know, it's kind of you're into brunch territory then definitely. So, um, so I love waffles, love making waffles, pancakes all that, and my kids are kind of at the age where they're able to do that stuff themselves now as well. So they really love doing that. Um, and so it's basically cooked breakfast on New Year's Day. Um, and then we might go for round two, like either do a turkey or uh, do something like, we did a goose one year for New Year's Eve, which was really amazing for New Year's Day, which was lovely. Um, Or we could go for roast beef or salmon or something like that. But it's another celebratory dinner, but a bit more relaxed than Christmas.
1: Okay, lovely. And are the sisters getting involved in all the side dishes there too?
3: No, not really. It's actually funny. It's kind of more of a casual one where if people want to pop in, they can, you know, sort of last minute invitations if you're not doing anything for New Year's, because it could easily just be sandwiches as well, just as easily as anything, you know. Um, And I love doing things like, You know, all the leftovers from Christmas Day. So, like, there's loads of olives, there's loads of things like that, you know, tapenade and and hummus and things. So I love putting out loads of things like that on the table. Um, And New Year's, I always associate with fondue because there's so much leftover cheese from Christmas. So I always do a fondue because it's so fun and so interactive. So you're just melting all your cheese together with, like, a little bit of cider or white wine and adding a little bit of tomato relish to it. And then you just dip in all your bread and it is just delicious. So I love a New Year's fondue. Um, and a really easy, picky thing to have as well. I would more do this New Year's Eve rather than New Year's Day is just um, a packet of salted crisps, you know, like lovely crisps now, like O'Donnell's or something. Um, salted crisps. And then a little tin of, a little jar of, do you know, Goatsbridge Farm in Kilkenny? They have really sustainably reared um, smoked trout roe. So you could have, it's the equivalent to caviar, basically, like Irish caviar and your crisps and a little bit of sour cream. And that is just beautiful with champagne or Prosecco or something like that. Just a lovely, you know, relaxed nibble. And like the kids had it last year and they loved it. They loved the crisps with the roll. They just thought it was fab. It just tastes a bit like smoked salmon.
1: Um, so they loved that and it was really fun as well. Oh, that sounds absolutely decadent. And I think people <laughs> can hear from the way you you talk about food that you have a real joy for it. I know obviously it's become your... Way of life in your career, but what was your journey leading up to it? Because if there's one thing I'd like listeners to take into the new year, it is that joy of food and and, and deriving that joy from food.
3: Definitely, I think like over the years, like since I was cooking before I had kids, and now with my three kids, and things really evolve and change. I think you know in your lifespan of eating, um, and I'm kind of at the stage like I turned forty during the summer, and I'm at the stage in my life where I just think. Like food is definitely one of those things to be enjoyed. Even the really simple things, like really beautiful olives, you know, it doesn't have to be associated with desserts or treats. I don't even say treats anymore about things. I just say really quality food is beautiful, you know, like a really good mature cheddar cheese cheese gorgeous crackers, a nice bottle of wine, like all those quality things are really, like that brings me so much pleasure having simple, delicious things like that. And even, you know, like beautiful clementines with the leaves still on, like that's so festive and it's so nice to just sit down and have one of them and have beautiful toasted nuts. And, you know, it's just, I suppose it's like enjoying the simple things in life and really making them, simpler and easier and things don't have to be so fussy like there's often a lot of stress related around food this time of year um and you know and like a lot of uh pressure to make things perfect but I think you know there there really shouldn't be like it's it's good to sort of take the pressure off enjoy things being really simple really basic really easy um and that's actually kind of the key to it for me I found you know I've been really fussy desserts and things in the past but I'm just at the stage now where I'm stripping things back appreciating what I have um, and really enjoying what we have you know.
1: And I, I think that at this stage of the festive season you know people have been kind of going since the start of December with meals out mm. and Christmas parties and all that and and often people are ready for something new but they go into January with this big restrictive mind of cutting calories and watching what they're eating and I mean, on some hands, that can be really positive to to put a a new fresh light on the way you're eating. But I hate to think of people throwing out the joy because it's possible to have a joy of food and be very healthy at the same time. This is it. Exactly. I mean,
3: it's like a marathon of entertaining, isn't it? And sort of like a gluttony thrown in there and kind of alcohol fueled. And, you know, there's so much sugar in that. I think in Christmas that we're actually ready, like our bodies are actually ready. And I think if we sort of go with nature as well, you know, like the sort of spring bulbs are emerging from the soil and we should sort of think of ourselves as that as well, you know, it's like it's a fresh start and it's more an opportunity rather than a pressure, you know, like it's an opportunity if you've always wanted to start Pilates and it's an opportunity if you have wanted to include more leafy green veg in your diet, you know, so I think it's it's almost like a fresh start rather than a pressure to sort of suddenly start eating in any sort of restricted way or you know, like there's no way I'm going to start cutting out things like cream or something just because it's January like there's only one day in the difference between December and January you can't change everything that drastically but I'm going to focus on things like I always do like making my own vegetable stock and chicken stock and you know if you're making your food from scratch there's a lot less pressure there as well Um, because you know what's going into your diet and, you know, it's going to be all healthy anyway and balanced. And like we're kind of ready for a change by the time it comes to January. Like you were saying, there's been so much excess that we're kind of our bodies are kind of ready anyway to sort of move on to something like, you know, the lovely veg packed soups and things like that. So it's kind of a natural, you know, awakening from hibernation stage of our lives, I think.
1: Yeah, but bear in mind that the joy is still... Very much there because you mentioned some of the Irish suppliers. I know you're a real champion for mm-hmm. Irish food. I mean, we have incredible food on this island and we should really lean into it. And bringing people together around a table for food is just one of my favourite things to do. So um, I really hope people will keep that in mind as they start to, to calorie count and, and cut out entire food food groups, that it's really not necessary to continue into a healthy 2024. And home cooking, you mentioned there, is a really important way to to know how you're eating and to really start to add in leafy greens and, and whatever else it is. Um, and a lot of people will say to me, particularly if I share a recipe on Instagram, oh, you know, that's great and I'd love to be able to do that, but I just don't have time what do you say to that I mean obviously I don't want to be finger wagging and say you'll find the time I don't mean it like that we all are struggling to find time but the more you do it the more it just becomes a part of of who you are you're going to have to eat a dinner it may as well be something with that's a step on for beans on toast but as you said you kind of eat seasonally that was fine for me in my late teens early 20s but now when cooking for a family, it doesn't make sense, but you can bung a lot of stuff in one pot, can't you? And make your life that bit easier.
3: Yeah, that's it, totally. And I mean, you know, a small bit of prep as well, like say when you come home from a market or from the shop and you have all your veg there, like you can literally put on a podcast and sort of trim all the kale and wash it and get out your salad spinner and, you know, wash everything and prep it. And, you know, you need to have things like the right tubs, the right jars, all that sort of stuff to store everything. So, I mean, you could chop all that kale and if it's in your fridge and if it's in a little tub, you'll just be grabbing handfuls of it and adding it to everything. You know, you'll be making salads really quickly. And like I love when the oven is on or in the air fryer as well. I love just roasting loads of veg, you know, prepping it all and roasting it. Um, And then you've got that to make like a really hearty salad or to throw into a curry and like just make sure you have things in the house that will enable you to make things quickly like coconut milk or curry paste, you know, all these things that, are really fast dishes to make. Um, and just as long as you have the right stuff in your house, it'll be very easy to throw them together, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to put it out there for people as a New Year's resolution is to take one of your recipes that feature in the newspaper <laughs> every weekend. Give it a try. Make double, throw stuff in your freezer. As you say, make big batches of things that then you can just reach for. But but go gentle. Definitely go gentle. We don't have to start cooking every single night, Start with one night Mm -hmm. a week. And I say by this time next year, uh, they'll be like myself and yourself. It just becomes part of what you do. And in fact, you mentioned listening to a podcast. It's really become my time. I really switch off from everybody. I put something on nice that I want to listen to and I actually really enjoy it. It's it's quite meditative to be chopping veg and stirring things. It's quite nice. It's quite good for the soul. That's it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Totally. And that's the thing as well is I kind of dither less. I can focus a bit more when I'm listening to something and I actually do things a lot faster and more efficiently. You know, if I'm actually distracted listening to something, I'm I'm cooking and chopping and everything, like you said, a lot faster. It's not as boring to be peeling like loads of veg when I'm listening to something. So that's always good. Multitasking.
1: (laughs) So what are your hopes then for the year ahead as we look to 2024, Lily?
3: Improve all of our gut health improve our core strength you know just all these things (laughs) they're always my goals completely um so I love that I'm always just very focused on all of us having a healthy gut family because I mean that's the thing after Christmas as well there's so much sugar inevitably so I think even having more yogurt kefir introducing the fermented foods again just things like that you know I mean we've been having you know you can have sandwiches with turkey and ham and sauerkraut you know, sort of incorporating all the fermented foods. um, January is a big month for me to start doing that again Um, and really just resetting the dial and refocusing on everything. So um, I always look forward to that and I always look forward to strong, healthy, happy. They're my three main main goals for the whole family.
1: Absolutely love it. Uh, Well, you can find (laughs) Lily on Instagram. She's Lily underscore Higgins underscore and check out those recipes each Saturday in the Irish Times Magazine. Lily Higgins, Happy New Year! I wish you a wonderful 2024, and I hope our paths cross in person soon. You too, thanks, Millie and Claire. So that's it for Alive and Kicking for this week and this year. I'd like to wish all of you a very, very happy New Year and a 2024. Filled with health and wellness. My thanks to my producer Eva Breen for everything throughout the year. Likewise, Hugo de Silva Scott who was on sound. And thanks, as always, to all of my listeners for all of your emails, messages. Anybody that came up to me over the year and said they listened to the show, it is so so appreciated. I'll see you next year.
0: Alive and kicking with Claire McKenna Sunday morning at eight on News Talk.